0: Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and today I'm continuing in the series on food, feelings and trust. And in the last episode, I talked about how babies and children learn to suppress their feelings with eating and food And I said in that episode I was going to talk in the next one, it's this one, about how to help them if we have already taught them to do that, if they have already learned to suppress their feelings through feeding or eating. But actually when I got to it, I thought I would like to divide that up into two categories because it's really different when we're talking about babies and toddlers and when we're talking about children. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about supporting babies who've learnt to feed to suppress their feelings. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk about children. So that's just that little intro. If you haven't already listened to the last episode, I really recommend actually stopping now and going back and listening to that one first. So you can really dive in deep to understand how... Babies do learn to suppress their feelings in the first place. I also really, 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 really highly recommend reading the chapter on food in The Aware Baby if you haven't already. I highly recommend reading it and reading it and rereading it and rereading it. I've read The Aware Baby, well I think I read it about 10 times in the first five years of parenting and then being an aware parenting instructor. And every single time I read it, new things always jump out at me. You know, I've read it more times in in the 17 years since then. So it's 22 and a half years since I first read it and I still discover different ways of looking at new things that hadn't jumped out at me before. I think Aletha uses some kind of magic that her books are so beautifully clear and concise and yet they have all this depth to them, this kind of magical depth that just every single time there's new information. So if you do have a baby, if you haven't read The Where Baby, I really recommend reading it. And even if you've read it, even if you've read it several times, I really invite you to go back, and in particular to the chapter on food, if you're wanting to explore this topic. And of course they also have my book, The Emotional Life of Babies, where I do talk a lot about this as well. So, I invite you to have a read and also a reread of that too, because there's a lot of information in there too. So, rereading is really helpful. And, really, coming back to understanding why reading and rereading is so important is because so much about aware parenting is really different from what the majority of us learnt growing up and see around us now. And so much of aware parenting is that deconditioning process. And we're designed, I talk about this a lot, conditioning is what's designed to happen. We're meant to experience these things in the first few years of our lives, internalize them, and then go on to do that with our children. That's how culture is passed on. So to actually free ourselves from our cultural conditioning, it requires a lot, And, and part of that is the information piece. Of course, it's not the only thing but it's a significant and important thing, particularly when we're we're with our baby or our child and we're wanting to work out what's going on. If we're going back to old conditioned thoughts about what's going on, it's gonna make it so much harder. So I really do recommend as much as possible really taking in this information. That might also mean, Going back to other episodes of this podcast about babies, lots of other Aware Parenting instructors have podcasts too as well. So just whatever way you can take that information in most easily, I invite you to do that over and over and over. i also love to say, if I haven't shared before here, I'm not sure if I have, that The Emotional Life of Babies is also going to be in audio books. So I'm going to be recording that early in 2024, as well. will I'm here and I'm listening my next book that's coming out really 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 soon and the one after that so there's the trilogy of them the one after that's on sleep and that will also be in audiobook version so I know when you're super busy particularly with a baby sometimes actually listening to things can be much more accessible and everyone's different we'll take in information in different ways so that's the repetition part <laughs> So I really want to emphasize that in general here, I'm going to be referring to breastfeeding because that's just what I'm familiar with. I've experienced and most often worked with parents breastfeeding, although I have worked with parents who are bottle feeding, but I'm much more familiar with breastfeeding. So most of this will be transferable to bottle feeding. So if you're bottle feeding and you're listening, you're so welcome here. And if you ever have any questions, feel free to just pop into Instagram or wherever you've come and follow me. And if you have specific questions, please feel free to ask them. As always, I do really recommend as well as the information, you know, one of the other vital things in aware parenting is getting our own emotional support. So as always, to do invite you to have at the moment, I'm recommending three to five listening partners because any one time one listening partner can be really busy having three to five can be really really helpful I also really recommend working with an aware parenting instructor particularly with babies because and I talked about this in the last episode I know when I had Lana as a baby I was thinking to myself well you know I have this background in observing babies and I've read the aware baby you know I can work this out and one of the main things I would do differently if I could go back in a time machine would be to get lots more emotional support and get lots more support. Uh, so back in that, the day, that would have been f- from Aletha because there weren't many aware parenting instructors and there weren't any in Australia at that time. So, yeah, I would have got much more guidance from her because I know the main thing was giving her a breastfeeding control pattern that took quite some while to then support her to move out of again and if I got more support and guidance from Aletha right at the beginning I am imagining that that would not have happened in the first place so just really inviting you if you would like some support there's amazing aware parenting instructors all over the world wherever you are in the world you can find them either on Aletha's website awareparenting.com or my website, marinrose.net for people in Australia and New Zealand. Aletha Salter still does consults herself, which is an amazing opportunity to, to experience her actually in session. And if you are interested in working with me... We're in December now. What's the date? It's this December the tenth. So very soon, I'm going to be opening the doors for new spots for six and twelve months in 2024. If you're interested in that longer-term work, so information, support, guidance, so important. The next thing—it's <laughs> taking us a while, isn't it? Taking me a while, as all these prequels before we, before we get to the main movie <laughs> so the other thing is as always from the mario method work i really invite you to drop any guilt sticks any self-judgment sticks any of those things if you have often fed your baby when they had healing feelings to express to you and if it's clear to you now that they now do generally suppress their feelings through feeding and or through food i really want to remind you that guilt it's not going to help you. It's not going to help them. It's just going to mean you have more emotional pain and probably then less presence to actually support them and be with them. So it doesn't help. I invite you to put the sticks down. See, in the Marion Method work, I would just invite you to say something. When you notice that, when you notice yourself saying, I shouldn't have done that or judging yourself for doing that, just something like, I'm not willing to judge myself. I'm not willing... To feel guilty, I'm not willing to tell myself I should have done that or I shouldn't have done that. It's so normal and natural that I did, and I'm really willing to be compassionate with myself. So, and why is it so understandable that you did? Well, of course, we we want to be sure that we're always attending to our baby's hunger cues. Of course, for survival, babies need to have enough food. We can suggest that it's probably really inbuilt into us as mothers to make sure that our baby has enough food to survive and thrive. So of course, of course, of course, that's just going to be so inbuilt. And of course, survival is always going to be prioritized over the height of emotional well-being because we can always catch up on those other things later on. So of course, of course, of course, you're always going to prioritize making sure that your baby is not hungry. Then there are all kinds of other things as well. So, you know, many cultures feeding is equated with love and with safety. In the English speaking cultures, many people talk about comforting a baby through feeding them. So there's this idea that it's a really beneficial thing. So again, as you know, with me and my work, I'm all about Inviting you to listen in to yourself and to what resonates with you. It's the most important thing, I think, is for you to always be checking in. Does this resonate with me or not? And again, so much of it is down to our own experiences as babies. So often it can be two experiences, either we were fed on schedule, so maybe we're fed every four hours or something, and we may then have often been hungry way before we were fed, and just experiencing that, and experiencing the powerlessness of we're calling out and we're signaling, then possibly even giving up on that, because that's what babies do. So, If you experience that as a baby, of course, really, really, really deep in your psyche, there's going to be this I don't ever want my baby to experience that, of course. And on the other side, it may be that you were often fed when you actually had healing feelings to express, when you were trying to share feelings from your day or from your week or from your birth. And you were fed. So you would have internalized that. We talked a lot about this in the last episode, or I did. And so that then literally you will see the same thing. You will tend to think that your baby is hungry when they actually have healing feelings to express. When they're feeling feelings that they're trying to release and express and have heard to you. And they're also trying to complete that whole fight, flight, freeze process to come out the other side back into homeostasis. So that's why, again, it's so important for us as parents to get, have our own a listening time with listening partners and aware parenting instructors so that we can really be tending to what's going on for us. The more we can see and listen to, have our own feelings heard, our early experiences, the less likely they're going to be this lens through which we're seeing our baby and the more we're going to be able to see our baby clearly and what they are communicating to us, what they're signaling to us, what they actually need rather than seeing it through the lens of our own history so that is so 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 important and so whilst we're here I would really love to send absolute unconditional love to you and to those feelings that you experience whatever you experienced as a baby and a toddler I'm sending love to little baby you and little toddler you and whatever feelings there are still there that you haven't had the opportunity to express and be lovingly heard and to have those beautiful reparative experiences so I'm sending absolute gentle tender soft love to those parts of you and I want to offer as always that as you're listening if you feel painful feelings bubbling up to remind you to really listen into yourself that time if there's a sense of those feelings uh, overwhelming or flooding please press the pause or the stop button and see if you can either reach out for support again with your listening partner or, you know, journaling, however you tend to your feelings and to really remember it's so important for you to listen into yourself and say no so that you don't get overwhelmed by big feelings. So let's have a little recap from the last episode about how we can tell if a baby has learned to suppress their feelings with feeding. So one of the clearest ways is that they signal to us that they're hungry when they're clearly upset about something else. So for example, with a toddler that might be either they've fallen over or they're in a new situation or just something where it's obvious to us that they have got... Feelings, upset feelings, and then they signal that they're hungry or they ask to feed. That's a really, really clear indication that they are suppressing or trying to suppress their painful feelings through feeding. So what are other signs? One can be that they always want to feed when they're tired because when babies are tired, they're incredibly wise bodies so wise they try to release the, any stress or any trauma so stress from the day or any earlier trauma that's still sitting in their bodies through crying in our loving arms so that they can complete that fight flight cycle they can come out the other side feeling relaxed and they can have beautiful restorative sleep so another way we can observe is that they're feeding more and more frequently as their stomach is getting bigger and they can hold more milk and of course that can be a sign that they're ready for solid food but if they're starting to feed more and more frequently that can be a sign that actually whenever feelings are bubbling up they're asking to feed rather than express those feelings waking up more and more frequently at night can be another sign that again, those feelings are accumulating, that we're feeding them sometimes or often when they're trying to cry in our arms and so that then they have more and more feelings sitting in their bodies. So whenever they go into lighter sleep, those feelings are waking them up again because nothing wrong with them. It's because of that beautiful, innate wisdom. They're trying to express those feelings. So other things can be how we observe them when they're actually feeding so Aletha talks about this so clearly in the aware baby so if when they're on the breast they come on and off often that can often be a sign that actually they're not hungry and they're trying to communicate that I mean of course as always please check physiological things that might be going on there it might be that they're really agitated and antsy when feeding they're wriggling around everywhere that can be a sign sucking really intermittently because if they're hungry they're going to latch on suck, suck consistently and be really interested in their food or they might just fall asleep really soon after getting on the breast so again that would indicate that actually they weren't really hungry and it was more like they had healing feelings to tell us and similar to being the kind of agitated antsy it might be that they pinch our skin or they're pinching our boob or whatever it is and they've got tension in their hands so you might even see that tension in their bodies and again if you think about it I talked about this last time I talk about it quite a lot in my book in terms of really being able to differentiate between dissociation and true relaxation so they're feeding and they're really tense in their body especially after they've been feeding for a bit of time you know not straight away It suggests that actually there are these feelings sitting in their bodies and they're feeding to suppress those rather than they're becoming more and more relaxed because the need is being met. So what can happen if a baby has learnt to suppress their feelings through feeding? What can be the results? So again, Alita has a whole list of these in the Aware Baby, so I really recommend having a look at those. But again, a few of those include the more likely to have frequent night wakings, as I just described. Eating control patterns in childhood and adulthood are more likely. So often that will just continue, that they will then continue wanting to eat when they have feelings. And I want to remind you, it's really possible for that to shift because that's what this episode is all about. But that is possible. And also less opportunity to heal from stress and trauma because they're really not getting that opportunity to express those feelings as much. So all babies will experience stress. Pretty much all will experience trauma. Some will experience much more. and They're going to have less opportunity to heal from that. So if from these things I've shared, it seems clear that we have taught our baby to really in themselves think that when they're feeling a healing feeling, so they're feeling a feeling that they need to express frustration or powerlessness or grief or sadness or overwhelm, and they're interpreting that as hunger and they're asking for food. What can we do? What can we do to help them move to really being able to differentiate in their bodies? This is a sensation of hunger And these sensations indicate that I feel sad, I feel frustrated or powerless or overwhelmed, all the myriad of beautiful feelings that we feel. How can we support them to be able to differentiate between the two of those clearly so that they can respond in the apt way? So again, there are two core things, really going back to what I was talking about at the beginning, information and our own feelings. So I'm just going to... Dive in a little bit deeper with that. I know we've already talked about it once. So just, again, really understanding the information that they have learnt from us to feed, to suppress their feelings. And this is so important, so then not pick up the guilt sticks. Really, really important. And again, to really understand that, of course course it's so natural and understandable that we have done that but to really understand that part is so pivotal because otherwise if your baby or your toddler is asking for a breastfeed and you're really clearing yourself through all the other things that you've observed which we'll talk more about that they're actually not hungry and they're upset and in some way or another you're going to offer a loving limit to say actually I understand that what's really going on for you if we don't remind ourselves that we are the ones who taught them to inaccurately discern what's going on in their bodies we can so easily either feel guilty or feel concerned or worried that we're, going, we're harming them by saying no to them breastfeeding because in some way we think we're not meeting a need If we can keep coming back to the information without the guilt sticks, it was us who taught them to inaccurately understand what's going on in their bodies and what we're doing when we're offering that loving limit. We're actually helping them to really accurately understand what's going on in their bodies and what they really need. That is an incredible gift. So I think that piece of information in itself is really, really important to understand because otherwise it can seem like of course control patterns are really strong so if your toddler for example is just really you know putting their hand on your top over and over again and you know they're not hungry they maybe just had a big meal and maybe just before that they had a breastfeed and that was really short time ago and you're just really clear that they're not hungry perhaps something just happened perhaps one of their siblings just took something out of their hands and suddenly they're asking for boobie, it's really clear to you that they're not hungry. To really remember that although breastfeeding is wonderful and glorious and amazing and incredible and if you haven't listened to the episode with Carly about the wonders of breastfeeding or if you haven't recently read the chapter on food in The Aware Baby where Lita also talks about the wonders of breastfeeding... Of course, breastfeeding is wonderful, and when a baby or a toddler has got healing feelings to express, feeding them will calm them down, but it is not taking away those feelings. It's bypassing them. It's suppressing them. It's helping them dissociate from those feelings. Those feelings are still going to sit in their bodies. So even though it seems like the most beautiful and loving thing to do, and of course breastfeeding is beautiful and wonderful, but if we are repeatedly, not here and there and occasionally, but if we are repeatedly doing that to them, what we are communicating to them at some level is your upset feelings aren't welcome, even though that's not what we're wanting to do. And I think this is some of the really hard things about parenting, isn't it, that so often we're doing things from this deep sense of love but actually if we're really not tending to what's really going on for our little one what they may come away with is not a sense of being loved they might come away with a sense of feelings aren't welcome or my sadness is too much for people or i need to shut up or my feelings are too big for others or I'm too loud or I'm too sensitive or all the things that are so common in this culture because feelings aren't seen as a beautiful natural healthy thing so just really keeping on coming back to that information could be so helpful to remind yourself like I think it's always helpful to come back again to again first of all is this resonate with me so in that moment where you might be in that situation Coming back to, okay, so I'm connecting back with this information about aware parenting. I'm going to say no to feeding them because it's really clear and obvious to me that they're absolutely not hungry. They've got some upset feelings and they're trying to suppress those feelings. And I'm saying no because I really want to help them express those feelings. I want them to be free to express their feelings with me when they're 3 and 7 and 15 and 25. And I know what I do now will affect all of those ages and I'm helping them return to that innate wisdom of their body so that they know the difference in their bodies they can accurately read when they're hungry and when they're upset and I'm doing this because I'm the one who taught them (laughs) to confuse those two you might even have a thought for yourself and I know what that's like and I don't want that for them so reconnecting with your why and really connecting not just because I'm saying, or you've read the way baby, or whatever it is, but actually, does that deeply resonate with you in your body? Is that a true why for you? Is that really important to you? Are those things really important to you? I'm even going to ask that to you now. Is it important to you that your baby understands in their body the difference between hunger and the whole gamma of upset feelings? Is it important to you that they know that their feelings are welcome? Is it important to you that they know that they can express their feelings to you and that they will express their upset feelings to you? For all different ages, are these things important to you? You really, really need to have not only the information, but our connection with it, our why, our purpose. Because in the moment when we are with a toddler who's really asking very much for the boob, having these things in mind when we're really clear that they're not hungry is really going to support us to feel that peacefulness in our body to be able to offer that loving limit and to listen to those big feelings, knowing really clearly that those big feelings are not signaling an unmet need. They're not signaling in some way that we're traumatizing them. They are signalling that we are supporting them to return to their innate wisdom. That we are supporting them to know that their feelings are welcome. We are signalling to them that they are safe in their bodies when they feel and express big feelings. We're communicating to them that when they feel big feelings, those feelings are going to be lovingly heard. We are also letting them know that when they feel those big feelings, they're going to express them and come out the other side feeling relaxed and relieved and spacious and being able to see clearly and being able to feel relaxed in their muscles and being able to sleep calmly that night. We're communicating to them a felt sense that they are safe in their bodies when they feel rage, when they feel loss, when they feel confusion, when they feel overwhelmed, when they feel frustration, when they feel terror, that they can... Feel those feelings in their bodies, express them and be lovingly held that they are safe, that their bodies are safe, that their feelings are safe, their feelings are welcoming. These are really massive, massive things that we are communicating to them. And so, again, really holding in mind, does this resonate with you? And if it does, holding that, that in mind is going to really help you when you're supporting your older baby or toddler to... Get free from this breastfeeding or feeding suppression mechanism or control pattern to return to all of those things that I shared and so many more things, you know, that they're getting to heal from perhaps their birth trauma that perhaps they haven't yet been able to because we've been feeding them every time. They're getting to express their overwhelm. They're getting to express all these feelings that have been sitting in their bodies and they're going to feel so much more relaxed and calm and clear. And again, coming back to the observational piece that you are the researcher, you are the observer and you become the expert because you can then, as you understand the theory and the practice in this way, and you do these things, you can check out, okay, this is what this information is telling me, aware parenting, this is the practice I'm doing, am I then seeing what it says will happen? Am I seeing that if they express all their feelings and come out the other side, if I'm able to stay with them? Because if we stop the process short, we're likely to see different things. It's just like us, you know, if you you ever been talking to someone about painful feelings or perhaps you've been to see a therapist or whatever, and maybe the session finished or for whatever reason you didn't get through to the other side, you might then find that that's still with you. It's just like babies and children. If they get to express some of those feelings, but they don't get to complete it and come out the other side finishing it, then they're going to keep trying to complete it. So they may wake up and try and cry. They may be more upset because they're trying to finish that process. So holding that in mind. But if they do complete that whole process, how are they afterwards? Are they making more relaxed eye contact? Are they clearly more relaxed in their bodies? Are they sleeping more peacefully and restfully that night, moving around less? Are they clearly using fewer control patterns if they have other ones as well? Are they just smiling more and happier and making happier vocalizations? That's what I love about this work, is that it's clearly observable. You are the expert you can observe this, that will give you the reassurance, oh my gosh, look, yes, let's keep using this example, my toddler had just had food, previously had milk, their sibling took a toy of them, they started massively crying, asking for boo, and I offered a loving limit, and they cried, and raged, and wailed, and cried, and they were sweating, and it was big, but I was right there with them, and loving them, and managing to stay present and it went on for a long while and there was a big crescendo and then the feelings were quiet and quieter but there was more and there was more but i listened right to the end and then we had a really big cuddle and wow i noticed how relaxed they were they just they just relaxed they were like mm, as did you listen to kim and erin's episode they talk about melty baby Were they melty, melty toddler? Did they just melt into the hug? And were they just, they just have a beautiful sigh and they just snuggled in and were so relaxed and just smiled and and that night did they sleep so much more, they slept so much more restfully and, you know, all of these things that we can observe, they were just much happier, much more connected, just clearly. You were the only one that can really observe the effects of what you're doing to see, ah yes, this clearly is really helpful. Not only have I got this information about understanding about how I've taught them to suppress their feelings, but I can observe as I support them to undo that, to unvelcro <laughs> food and upset feelings. And not only just have the theory about what's happening, but actually observe with my very own eyes. Gosh, that really is happening. And then you might also notice, ah, okay. So over time, when they do have something that happens that is clearly going to be upsetting for them, they stop asking for boob or food and they actually move into crying instead. So, again, you can observe through your own eyes and your own clarity of Knowing what to look for, this really is making a difference. They really are coming back into being able to know in their bodies this is hunger and these are upset feelings. It's so powerful, isn't it? Really, really is so powerful. And as I shared before, this is something I did with my daughter. So I gave her a breastfeeding control pattern, and I supported her to unvelcro those two things by the time she was about three and she has a really beautiful healthy relationship with food still now as a nearly 22 year old young woman so that's what I love about where parenting whatever we've done in the past as we learn more information we can support our children to reconnect more deeply with their innate wisdom in relation to food and relation to everything else it's so powerful and so again, I invite you to connect in. How do you feel when you imagine doing this? What shows up for you? And I really want to remind you that if you are scared that they might be hungry and that you're not feeding them, even though you've clearly observed that they're not and they've really very recently just fed and fed solidly and a lot, it's really possible that perhaps you were left alone when you were hungry. You weren't fed when you were hungry. Or if we're scared that they're going to experience really not being heard or understood. It's possible that that was our experience. So again, the more we get to express our own feelings from the past with a listening partner, multiple LPs, with an aware parenting instructor, the more you're actually going to be really able to do the observation piece. I do talk about this like a lens. It's like our consciousness, our awareness is like in an old-fashioned movie theater like the the light that's coming through the projector and the movie is our own movie of our past and the more we tend to our own movie the more actually have this clear vision where we can really clearly actually observe what is going on in the present moment with our own baby it's very powerful So going back to then, if we're talking about observation and getting more and more clear, what can we do to support ourselves with that observation process? Well, back in the olden days, (laughs) when my daughter and son were babies, I had little diaries for them when I pretty much just wrote down everything that I could think of. When they woke up, when they went to sleep, when they fed, how long they fed for, whether it was both sides, what their behavior was like when they were feeding how much crying they did, when they cried, crying in arms, of course, always with Aware Parenting, when they weed, when they pooed, and had those all in that diary so I could notice the patterns. So nowadays, of course, they have amazing apps, and one day I'm really willing for there to be an Aware Parenting Babies app so that you can put all these things in there. But until there is, there are other apps that you can use, or you can even just use your calendar on your phone, However you want to be, you might also be a bit, I was going to say old school, but I'm not going to use the word school. You might actually like to also avoid screens and you might like to be writing it down or recording audios if that's an easy way for you. But having a way that you can notice patterns or you might just have the kind of mind that doesn't need to make notes of things and you just can clearly see patterns But for most people, having it recorded in some way can help with that pattern recognition. So starting to really observe, because every baby's different, although there are similarities in terms of how they cue that they're hungry and that they're full up and that they're upset and they need to cry. Every baby's different. Every baby's unique. And so it's... Really, you can have these rough sense of what it may be, but then it requires observing and then noticing what happens afterwards so that you can notice these patterns that happen for them. So again, you might notice their feeding behavior. Like you might say, oh, so I noticed that when they did this kind of thing, they moved in this particular way or the cry was like like this and I fed them or it was this amount of time after the previous feed or this amount of time since they woke up or I fed them after we had this busy day out or this quiet day at home and then they fed and what I noticed is whether they it might be that they fed consistently or they were relaxed or they were feeding intermittently or they were agitated or they fell asleep straight away the more you observe these and really make notes the more you're going to notice these patternings you're going to be able to match ah okay when this happened then this happened When we had a really busy day and I didn't listen to their feelings and I fed them in the evening, they were coming on and off, they're agitated, they're antsy, whatever it is. You become, you are the expert, but you become even more so because you are observing, noticing, you're really seeing them and you're really recognising these patterns so that you can get more and more confident It's really about trusting yourself. So often people ask, well, is there any research about this? And actually, in a way, I kind of like that there isn't any official research because what I love to invite people to do, because I think this is the most powerful research, because every baby is different, is to, to do our own, that you are the expert. You are the researcher. It really is only you who will get this evidence from your own baby from your own parenting from your own experience you are the one who can tell what's really going on for them so what else can you do as well as the patterning as well as the noticing as well as like oh okay so what i notice is this so next time i'm gonna respond in this way well what happens then so it's really that is the research process is okay oh what happened then when i did it that way Okay, so this time I'm going to tweak this. What do I observe this time? So you're consistently taking into account the information you've observed, taking into account the information you know about aware parenting, trying something out, and then again, noticing what happens now. That is an incredibly powerful thing to do. And I also want to acknowledge, of course, most of us have really busy lives, you might have a lot of other things to tend to, you might have multiple other children, you might have a job, you might have animals you're caring for, you might be looking after your elderly parents, I mean there might be all kinds of things going on. So of course this may not be as easy as it sounds, and in even in whatever small way that can be, that might be just any way if you are able to just sit down and breastfeed, for example, like could you just make a quick note in your phone or in a, on a little diary that perhaps you have in the places where you breastfeed or in your bag, your handbag or whatever. And also it can be an invitation that it helps you become more present because to really observe, we need to become more present. So it can be very easy, can't it, to be doing all these other things. And yes, I so acknowledge how much you're doing, so appreciate how much you're doing. And by actually really observing your baby it's likely that you are going to be present in your body not thinking about what you're making for dinner and not dissociating yourself but actually being present connected with your breath connected with your body present with them and of course that's going to make the experience even more enjoyable for them more enjoyable for both of you a really beautiful bonding experience and similarly with food I mean I know we're focusing a bit more on breastfeeding here, but if you've made them food, actually, again, be observing them is going to mean that you may slow down a bit and you may actually be more present with them. So, I'm just going to really offer that as an added bonus, which is one of the most wonderful things. And of course, aware parenting is not only about the aware baby and our innate isness of being aware but actually inviting us to become more, more aware. And all of this observation really does support that. So again, I wonder if that's helpful to think. You might be thinking now, but I've got so many things to do. This is just another thing to add to my list. Is it possible that, that actually this actually might help you? It might help you feel because you start to become more present in your body being with your baby or toddler in this way might actually support you to actually move back into a calmer state that actually might help you with all the other things that you that you need to do because you're more present with them so that's a little possibility as well so a few other little suggestions can be for example if you're newish to this you might want to just really 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 make sure that you're only listening to healing feelings when you're really clear that they're not hungry so you might wait to you might feed them that might be just breastfeeding or if they're having other foods too they've had the other foods maybe they've had some breast milk or bottle milk too and a shortish distance after that enough time so they've kind of digested it and so that if they were a bit dissociated they've moved into more presence so whatever that might be for you say 45 minutes after you might want to just really offer them some loving presence so if they're say under nine months you might want to hold them in your arms and just be with them and just not jiggle them or rock them or To any of those things but just to say I'm right here sweetheart and I wonder if you have any feelings to share with me and you might notice that they start moving into kind of moving around a bit and maybe starting to vocalize a bit and maybe just staying present that they then move into having a cry with you another thing as i shared before having the longer less frequent feeds can also give us more reassurance oh yes i can be sure that i know in general they have these big feeds and then they have generally have this amount to this amount of gap so if they start to then move into feelings that you can be sure that they're not hungry because you know that in general, it's very, very unlikely that they get hungry then. And then what about actually how you might offer a loving limit? So I really want to remind you there's no set language with loving limits with Aware Parenting. If you follow my work, you may know I love the word willing. But the reason I love it is because of how it helps me feel the embodiment of a loving limit in my body. So I feel this combination of this true power, this beautiful embodied power and this loving connection. But all of us are different again. So as always, I really invite you to find the words that help you feel that beautiful combination of the love and the power. And that may be really different for you. But in terms of a loving limit, so if it was me, I might say something like, I see that you want booby, sweetheart. I know how much you love booby. And I'm not willing for you to have booby right now because I don't think it's the most helpful thing for you. And I'm right here and I'm listening. So I really want to be clear that Alitha and I've had some f- such interesting conversations with her in terms of editing this most recent book, I'm here and I'm listening, she's really clear that she really recommends clearly stating why we're offering the loving limit so that a little one doesn't think it's just about us and our needs so in this case it might be i don't think that's the most helpful thing for you again in whatever language that is so we're basically communicating the no we're communicating why and we're communicating that we're here and we're listening to all of their feelings and then we might then notice that that's when the big feelings come and then we might just be lovingly present as usual just to be with those big feelings and to know that they can be quite big and really to hold in mind the longer that we have been feeding them to suppress feelings, the more feelings that they're going to have. So there might be quite a process where they've got a lot more feelings for that set period of time. And again, that's why we might hold in mind, oh, yes, you know, I either didn't know about aware parenting, or even though I did, I really often thought they were hungry when now I look back and I see that those were feelings, now I know more. So I'm going to hold in mind that they've got six months of me regularly suppressing their feelings. So, of course, it's going to take some while for them to express those feelings that they've been holding in their bodies. So really, again, holding that in mind so that we can be compassionate with ourselves and also get plenty of support. (laughs) If you haven't already recognized my invitation for you to get as much support as possible, because it requires a lot of us for all the reasons we've talked about earlier. So I'm sending love to you however you feel when you hear this. As always, I'm so here to listen to your feelings. I welcome all your feelings that show up when you imagine offering a loving limit. And I also want to remind you, particularly for toddlers, and again, we're going to talk much more about this in future episodes, in the next one and upcoming ones, about using attachment play. So attachment play is also a way that little ones can release feelings through laughter and and play this time not through crying and raging with our loving support often releases different feelings and it doesn't replace crying and raging but it's really a a powerful thing to do too so particularly perhaps more with the toddler or it might be more as they become more into childhood but you might you know have a little doll that you pretend that the baby's having booby from you or that they want to feed upside down or that they can't find the boob or they accidentally bite you or they're doing funny things. And again if your if your little one is laughing a lot you can see that they are doing some healing. Perhaps you might give the doll to your little one to see and pretend that they want to have some boobie and again maybe they're trying to find where to have boobie from or the baby makes loud burping noises or any of those again silly goofy things that are nonsense play so I really remember someone in my attachment play course some while ago sharing this game and I've got her words here and she was talking about how much her daughter laughed and how helpful it was for both of them so i want to remind you this can be helpful for you too so if you clearly have fed your your baby a lot of times when they needed to cry this attachment play and new laughing too can help you release some of the feelings in relation to that and i remember what she said here well, i've got it written down it created more spaciousness around the feeding so really remembering attachment play is really really helpful in part of this whole process so I'm sending so much love to you so so much love and again I know I've said it at least two or three times I really really invite to read or reread the chapter on feeding in the where baby that's chapter three and the chapter on food and feeding in the emotional life of babies get support I'm sending you lots of love I want to remind you again I'm opening my doors for 2024 mentoring really soon if you're listening to this in December and also the doors for the Aware Parenting Virtual Village are opening soon so if you want support with this or anything aware parenting i'm really excited about that it's going to be a combination of aware parenting in terms of the parenting part and then in terms of all the reparenting and the changing our cultural conditioning that's going to be the marion method so really looking forward to that so keep an eye out for that if you're interested you'll see that on my social media and on my email list if you're not already on my main list so I'm sending you so much love. I want to let you know, again, I gave my daughter a massive breastfeeding control pattern and I helped to get free from it and she has a really healthy relationship with food now, incredibly healthy. So whatever's going on for your baby or your toddler now, you absolutely can support them to come back to a really healthy, deeply self-connected relationship with food so that they really are in aware parenting, we only talk about regulation in terms of food, so they really can come back to that self-regulation so that they really know this is hunger, this is what I eat, this is when I eat, this is what I want to eat, Their innate, deep, incredible wisdom around food. And they also know when they've got feelings and they're more freely able to express those, which is going to be so helpful for all the reasons we talked about. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to come and find out more, my website is marianrose.net. My social media is awareparenting on Instagram or underscore marian underscore rose underscore. And I really look forward to seeing you in the next episode where I'm going to talk about supporting children who have learned to eat to suppress their feelings. So look forward to seeing you there and so much love to you.